Welcome to the Human Centered Leadership Podcast with me, your host, Kulmahe. I have worked in the leadership space for three decades, and now I work with organizations and leaders to develop powerful cultures of high value and performance that is built all around their people. We will interview leaders from around the world and at the very top end of their game to explore what emotional intelligence in practice actually looks like and the benefits that it could bring to any team. This is a movement to transform the way that we see leadership and to create powerful cultures where people feel seen, heard, valued and appreciated and consequently perform to the very best. Why don't you join the movement and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to click on notifications to stay up to date with all new content. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Human Centered Leadership Podcast and today's guest, you probably recognize actually, uh, Basit uh, Siddiqui, uh, you probably recognize him from things like Gogglebox, he's uh, quite vocal on Gogglebox and I never knew who Basit was until I saw him on Gogglebox and then I saw the word Derby underneath and I thought wow! Fantastic. This is a, a Derby family. And of course, I come from the city of Derby. So I'm awf- awfully proud of Bassett and his family being on that program. Uh, Bassett and I then met about a year or so later. At that point, Bassett had uh, left his job uh, in teaching. He'd got 10 years experience in teaching and has now got a new passion where he combines his skills in teaching and his skills in television to help grow our future generations. So please welcome Bassett Siddiqui uh, to our studio. Thank you so much, Bassett, for being here today. My pleasure, Cole. Thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be a part of this uh, new venture of yours. I've seen the list of names of the different people that you're going to be talking to. So little bit intimidated, I'll be honest with you, but I'm also looking forward to the conversation as well. Well, you certainly don't need to be intimidated, Bassi. I mean, I, I literally have looked for people who I admire and I'm inspired by, and you are one of them. I'm looking for people specifically who understand the art of human-centered leadership or emotional intelligence in practice. What I'm trying to show with this, with this whole uh, series is that emotional intelligence, when we talk about it, people very often talk about that in the context of leadership. But emotional intelligence is in all aspects of our lives. And that's what I'm trying to demonstrate. So like your focus is really around education. You're practicing EI, EQ or human centered leadership all the time. What do you think are the fundamental um, challenges or the most important aspects of teaching our young children? I've always valued the fact that I've grown up and, and gone through my working life having worked with young people because essentially you every single day could be different for so many different reasons. Just to put it into context, I was a secondary school teacher. So where a primary school teacher would have the same students throughout the entire day, foster a relationship with them. I would tend to work with a group of students for an hour a week or two hours a week. And The realization that you have when you have that opportunity to work with so many different students is that you have to appreciate how you as a person are such a minor part of that young person's life. Whereas what I was teaching them to me felt like the most important thing in the world. I had to realize very quickly that I was a drop in the ocean to what their experiences were in their day to day life. When you couple that with so many external challenges that our young people face, whether that is what's happening within school, what's happening outside of school, what they've had to eat, 
there's so many things that are factoring in that you have to have that emotional intelligence and understanding that that importance of empathy in that situation to know that every single child is different every single situation and day with that child could be completely different although every single challenge that i've had will be so different day to day week to week situation by situation i'm so grateful that i've had that opportunity because it's given me a chance to really think about what it is that i do how to adapt it to make sure that I'm doing the best for the young people that I work with. That's absolutely brilliant. And I think one thing that you've really teased out there is that, uh, yes, you are a tiny fragment of their holistic experience in in, in their lives, um, but actually you're also seen as a leader because every word that comes out of your mouth, uh, I used to say, you know, whenever I joined any new department or took over any new department, I used to get my senior team together and say, remember that we're all leaders and every word that comes out of us uh, is going to be an incredibly powerful statement for those listening to us. Um, And they will take either Humbridge or they will be inspired by what we say. So choose your words carefully. Uh, and that for me is, is, is a demonstration of an awareness of, of, of your authority and responsibility as a, as a teacher. Uh, and, and for you, I guess, um, of course, you'd be mindful of your language that you use and the messages that you send out. But also, in order for you to resonate, I guess you had to build really strong rapport with your students as well. A hundred percent. And it, everything you've just said there is so true. Every single teacher that is out there in the classroom is leading by example. They are a role model and in essence, a leader in that situation. So not only everything that you do within that classroom, but outside of that classroom, the way that you uh, present yourself to those young people, they're all there. They're taking it in. Young people, as you will know, Cole, they're they're like sponges. They'll take in all of their different environments. And if you can provide a positive environment in that situation, you're doing your job right in 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 that situation as i speak to people within education and i'm learning you know uh, even through these podcasts as i'm speaking to people from a variety of sectors how emotional intelligence human-centered leadership shows itself up in different ways across different sectors and teaching is definitely one of those uh, but i'm really intrigued to you you're clearly a very passionate teacher you were doing it for 10 years what inspired you to come out of that to do what you're doing right now a really good uh, question, Cole. Um, th- there's a number of reasons. My ultimate passion is education. Mm-hmm. And I love being in the classroom. And I remember when I handed my notice in, uh, a couple of teachers came up to me and they said, oh, when are we going to see you on the jungle or when are we going to see you in Big Brother? I think Big Brother was there at the time. And I go, oh, I've got no plans to do any of that. I've been afforded this opportunity of being on television. And it's created this unique hook, this unique level of engagement that I can use Mm. when talking to young people. And I realized this quite quickly when I actually became a head of department. Whilst Gogglebox was on, I was working in one school. But when I became a head of department across a federation, I had to work across a number of different schools. So the school that I was in initially, the students, although they knew I was on television, they still knew what I was about. They knew what my expectations were who I was as a person, really, who I was as a teacher. When I started to go into new schools, students and teachers started to see me a little bit differently. I'd foster a certain unique engagement, a unique hook. And that's where I realized that I've got this opportunity where I can take my experiences of teaching, combine it with the experiences and reflections that I have working in the television industry and combine the two. And it was through that experience of having gone to another school and realizing, hang on, there's so much more that I could be doing and exploring 
And if I don't take this opportunity now, it could pass me by. Now, my business has evolved and, and the way that I work with students has evolved so much in the last four years since setting up Siddiqui Education. Initially, it started with a one-off workshop where I'd work with a group of students where they'd use a lot of transferable skills to pitch an idea for a television show. But it's evolved since then because I've reflected, I've thought, what are the needs of our students? What are the needs of our teachers? And now I do a whole host of motivational workshops. I, I talk to teachers themselves and talk about the strategies I've used to foster that relationship, that split second relationship as well. What you have to consider now, where I haven't got the luxury of building a rapport and a relationship with students over a long period of time now. I essentially go into a school for a day or two days and have to foster relationships very quickly in that situation. Mm. That's allowed me to then explore and reflect and think about, okay, ha although I've got this unique hook of Gogglebox, not every single student is gonna lean to that if anything, it could have the adverse effect. There could be an eye roll thinking that, what has this guy from TV got to show me? I've got to show another side of me. I've got to show them that I care, that I care about the business side, the transferable skill side, the education side. So in, in answer to your question, the reason why I did it is because I, I thought there was a unique opportunity that I would love to explore. Four or five years later, I've realized that I'm so grateful that I've had this opportunity because it's led to so many other things that I've been able to do as well. Incredible, isn't it? I mean, I, I left public service after 30 years uh, with this passion that you, you, you're talking about now. And I had no idea that, you know, seven years later, I'd be having my own podcast show. I'd be speaking in front of thousands of people and even teaching people how to speak as well. I had no idea. And it, it, it's amazing, isn't it, when, when your passion takes over, how your world grows and your environment grows in front of you. And, and all these skills that you had from way back when, all the things that you have done, uh, how they are so transferable in the current world, right? So, I mean, one of those skills would have been this, you know, you're talking about you have to go in in short spaces of time and foster relationships. So what what are the key things that you do to foster good relationships with people? Again, there is that unique hook of being that chap from the television. But first and foremost, you have to be approachable. You have to come across with a mentality that it's not us versus them. There isn't a level in that situation that I'm there. Now, obviously, if you're a leader day to day, if you're a manager, you will have your own different viewpoints on that. But I'm in a privileged position where I can come in, hold my hands up and say, look, you may have seen me on a television show. However, this is who I am. These are my experiences. This is what I'm passionate about. You do that at a holistic level. You talk to the students as a group. You are try to be as authentic as possible. But then the beauty is where you start to build a rapport throughout that day. You start mm -hmm. to find out about those young people, what makes them tick. Um, you, I'm sure you've come across the term uh, microaggressions in the work that you do. There's something that I came across quite recently, microaffirmations, which mm. essentially is all of the things that we talk about when it comes to emotional intelligence, emotional literacy, where it's that active listening. Now, really making a point to listen to what that person's saying, responding to it, showing an interest in it. Subtle things like that throughout the day make students realize that this person is caring about what I'm doing. They're taking an interest in what I'm doing. And then it starts to shift from me saying, oh, what are you doing there to a student, to them coming up to me and saying, sir, sir, can you come and look at this? And honestly, there is no better feeling when you know that you fostered that relationship in that short space of time, built that rapport with that young person where they're proud enough and confident enough to share what they've been working on over the last couple of hours.
It's a brilliant feeling. Absolutely. Uh, rapport building is something I talk about an awful lot because, you know, if you're going to get any kind of a, 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 a two-way relationship, a productive relationship, one has to have rapport because what rapport builds to is what I call the foundation of trust. And if you have a relationship that's based on this foundation of trust, then that relationship can go further and deeper into wherever you want to take that. So I, I completely resonate with you uh, with what you're saying. So Basit, what exactly? Let's assume that I'm a school. I'm guessing it would be schools that hire your services. Let's assume that I'm a school and I, I'm interested in Basit because I've seen you on Gogglebox and I want you to come into my school. What would you be doing with that school? I offer a number of services, but at its core... I still call it my baby because it's where the business started. The Let's Pitch It workshop would essentially start with me. The school would select a group of students to work with me. Initially, it started with uh, essentially working with disadvantaged students. And what I mean by that is it might be free school meal students, uh, pre-neat students, so those students at risk of um, uh, losing education or not going into employment. Um <clears throat> Uh, also NCOP students, so students that live in certain postal areas which are showing to not go into further or higher education. It has expanded since then. Uh, I will work with a number of different students, but at its core, I would the school would select those students that they think would benefit the, be the most from the workshop that I deliver. I'd go in, I'd do a mini assembly talking about my journey as a teacher, making the most of an opportunity and talking about the opportunity of Goldbox itself the way that that idea, that concept of Goalbox came about. Essentially on paper, Goalbox on its surface looks like such a simple idea, a bunch of people watching and reacting to everyday television. But when you've taken a simple concept and turned it into this, this show that is now into its 19th series, it gives those students an idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be the next greatest out there idea. Someone came up with a simple idea and had the confidence to articulate that idea to other people. That's where the Let's Pitch It workshop comes from. We give students a chance to work in groups and within that day, they would use collaborative skills, digital literacy, communication skills, presentation skills. And by the end of the day, they are confidently pitching their idea for their television show to the rest of their peers. I love that. Throughout the academic year, I would collate all of those different ideas, um, whether they want to create a poster behind it, some other form of information marketing, so uh, a blog, a trailer for it, an app for it. I leave the flexibility to the students because part of the afternoon is, okay, I've sown the seeds, you're working as a team now, now I want to really take the reins away, let you come up with how you feel is the best way to promote your show idea. At the end of the academic year, we whittle down the best ideas that come through. We then announce an overall winner every academic year and that winning school get a trip to London. The, the students get a trip to London. It's either with their family or the teachers. They'll come to the studio where Gogglebox is edited. They'll treat them to a meal. They get some spending money, but essentially they get that celebration that they've created an idea out of all of these schools that we've gone to where you've created an idea that's worth celebrating. And when it comes to the ideas that win, because every school is different, every school has its own skills and strengths and digital digital technology, I want every single school that I go to to know that it isn't necessarily who's got the flashiest trailer that comes in. It's those students that can authentically share their idea and share their passion and justify why they've come up with that idea. So in essence, uh, that's quite a long-winded way of saying that we're, I'm, let's pitch it as a way to really explore 
all of those different skills, a culmination of all of those are celebrated through Let's Pitch It. I love that. And so with with the Let's Pitch It, so what we're essentially talking about is, is teaching young people skills that the academic environment doesn't ordinarily teach them so you know as you know former teacher you know schools are beholden to this national curriculum uh, that is all about academic excellence and academic achievement and so they they go down this iq route this technical route all the time but many of our young people aren't being taught these life skills. So essentially what you're talking about is life skills. Um, and, you know, I'm de designing a program myself that's about leadership development and taking that program to 16 to 18 year olds so they can walk out with a qualification in leadership because these are the fundamental, powerful skills that they need going forward. And the Let's Pitch It uh, workshop is about, if when you strip it right down, it's about creative thinking it's about collaboration it's about working together it's about teamwork it's about uh, you know public speaking it's about business skills there's so many skills encapsulated within that one workshop which is why i'm so inspired by it um but many of these will have at the very very root of it all the emotional intelligence because that is about relationship building understanding the environment in which you operate uh, so you know when you're talking about uh, the television environment and uh, and what might work and what might not work they need to understand that environment in the first instance so i think it's a really really powerful thing that you're doing and and i wish you all the all all the best with that how long have you been on Gogglebox? Have you been there, the, the full 19 series? Yeah, 19, we start our 19 series, yeah, in um, March, April time. So it's, it's 10 years. Ooh, next next year, I believe. it's Next next year is 10 years that we would have been on it. Do you know what? I, I'm, I'm almost tempted, Bassett, to go back to the original bo uh, Gogglebox and get a photograph of you as a youngster and put that up as you. Please don't do that. Put that up as the photo. <laughs> but listen, I mean, what have you learned with 10 years on Gogglebox? Uh, what have you learned about communicating with people, understanding the context in which you're operating now? What, what, what has Gogglebox taught you? For me, I think that Gogglebox and the teaching side, there are so many parallels that I think that have benefited me being on the show as well and vice versa, where and, and this is what I wanted to touch on a little bit before. It's so important in whatever you're doing to reflect on what you're doing. Now, as teachers, when, when I when I do teacher training or, or CPD sessions or anything like that, we refer to teachers as reflective practitioners. Now, since day one, I've, I've classed myself as a reflective practitioner, which essentially is that whatever you've done, whatever you've taught, or in Gogglebox's case, whatever we've seen, whatever we've watched, however I've communicated with my family, I'll constantly be reflecting on that and thinking about, okay, what went well? What could I do differently next time? Why do you think this went that way? Um, and I think that is such an important skill in whatever you're doing. And what I'm so pleased about is this transferable nature of everything that I've done through teaching. When I work with my work with my family, when I'm sitting there with my family, I know not to take myself too seriously because teaching teaches you to have a bit of a thick skin as well, to foster those relationships almost in, I wouldn't say a childlike way, but you've also got to take everything with a with a pinch of salt as well. When you're working with young people, you have to have that that extra layer of communication. And I think that's really benefiting me. But also when we go to rapport, Behind the camera, when it comes to Gogglebox, there are other people there. There are they're a member of staff. They're filming. They're filming crews. There's the sound guys. 
Fostering relationships with them has made it not feel like work whatsoever. So in every single aspect, whatever you're doing, whether it's teaching, whether it's the work that you do call, whether it's on television, essentially communication, respect for each other and, and reflecting on, okay, if something hasn't worked, why hasn't it worked? That reflection for me is just so, so important. Uh, and what you've done really beautifully there is you've touched on all the elements of what we call emotional intelligence, self-awareness in terms of being reflective, you know, self-management in terms of tweaking what needs to be tweaked, but creating an environment where people can feed back to you as well. Uh, relationship building and being aware of the environment that you're in, which is basically what emotional intelligence is. Uh, so that's a beautiful way of, uh, you know, really bringing it into practice. You're talking about Gogglebox, by the way. Uh, and as much as we love your family, my wife and I have watched every single series, by the way. And as much as we love your family and your dad is super cool. I've never actually met your dad. I think I saw him once in a in a B&Q somewhere. He was buying some DIY stuff. I don't know. He's always in B&Q. <laughs> um, as much as we love your dad... Uh, it's actually Rocky the cat that we love. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And he knows it as well. The second that he sees the cameras now, he saunters down. Because there's two <laughs> cats. There's a boy cat and a girl cat. And, and Tashi the girl cat never turns up. Right. He knows. Rocky does now that, okay, now it's, it's guy's night. We're all sitting there. We're watching TV. Let's enjoy this. It's very cute. And it does look like a guy's night as well, you know. Um, we have Elvis and Coco, brother and sister, and we look at Rocky and say, why doesn't Elvis not sit on our laps like Rocky does, you know? So it looks really cool. And we think Umar is the most intelligent person in your family, by the way. Yes, thanks thanks for that. It's, I'm it's, sorry about that, but he's really switched on. You know what, Phil? It's the way that it's edited, honestly. The amount of silly things he says, <laughs> that never makes it, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, he probably has some control of editing. Basit, it's been really, really great talking to you. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you've got something really exciting coming up. I saw something on a LinkedIn post from you um, about a new competition. Do you want to just tell us a bit about the new competition? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's called Books on the Box, which is essentially, if you think about Let's Pitch It, pitching an idea for a television show, we're factoring in some literacy aspects to that. So I've uh, collaborated with a company called Pickertail, and Pickertail have their own original reading content. It's an app. It's a reading app. It's a really nice app as well in terms of helping young people um, read for the first time, essentially, and really pinpointing where they need to develop as well. But essentially, Books on a Box will be a group of uh, books that the students can read either by themselves or as a class. They would then create a trailer based on that book. And we support them and guide them in terms of what content to include. But essentially, we want to not only celebrate the books, we want to celebrate that that love of literacy, that love of reading. The beauty of working with Pickertail is they've picked books that are really relevant today as well. So when we talk about sustainability, mental health, positive mindset, healthy eating, they're all books that have a positive message behind them as well so it's been fantastic to collaborate with Pickertail. what a great initiative i know we're going to be officially announcing it uh roughly on the 20th of january so uh watch this space because we've got the back end we're trying to make sure that the links and everything are all sorted but if anyone is interested in finding out more about that the best way would be either to follow me on linkedin connect with me on linkedin uh, Basit Siddiqui. Hope I think I'm the only Basit Siddiqui out there. Or my my Twitter handle is at Siddiqui Edu as well at Siddiqui Edu. Well, we will be putting all your handles on on uh, on this uh, podcast anyway, um, and uh, I heartily recommend that everybody follows Basit, uh, dear friend of mine. 
Uh, I love what he's doing and uh, the contribution that he's making to society uh, and and really building our future generations. Uh, I have a passion within that. My wife is a teacher and she works with, you know, underprivileged kids and those with behavioural challenges. Uh, she's really passionate about it. I'm very, very passionate. And, uh, you know, with people like Bassett as well, I think to, we can genuinely create uh, a much stronger generation going forward. So thank you so much, Bassett. And thank you so much for joining us here today. And uh, by the time this podcast goes out, your initiative, your competition should have been live. So people need to go and follow that and connect with Bassett. Thank you so much, Bassett. All the very best. My pleasure, Cole. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do subscribe and click on notifications for new content. And of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. Take care. Have a great day.